Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. The country was stunned when revelations one after the next came out about cult mom Lori Vallow. Guess that's a name we haven't heard in a long time. Between all the other cases crowding the headlines, she's all but lost in the sauce. But at Crime Stories, we haven't forgotten J.J. and Tylee, her two children that were murdered, their bodies dismembered, burned, and buried out in a pet cemetery. And... The husband, the the new husband's backyard, Chad Daybell. What is the very latest? I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. Thank you for being with us here at Fox Nation and Sirius XM 111. First of all, let's take a listen. You know, it never seems to end with this so-called prophet, Chad Daybell, her, I think, fifth husband. Now we're learning that he apparently lied even to the funeral home and the defense wants a jury to believe what he's saying now. Fat chance. Take a listen to our cut. 68. This is Erica Stapleton, 12 News. I'm a fair call. How can I help you today? Um, we just had our death in the family. Chandler police identifying this voice as Chad Daybells, calling Valley of the Sun Mortuary and Cemetery in Chandler hours after Charles Vallow's death. Charles died July 11, 2019, after Lori's brother, Alex Cox, shot and killed him, according to Chandler police. And this phone call with two different funeral home employees led Chandler police to suspect Chad could have had something to do with Charles's death, too. In the call, Chad gives a bogus backstory. He says he lived in Iowa and calls himself Chad Dabell, he tells both employees that his uncle just died in Arizona. Starting the process for the family, he didn't have many relatives. His nephew, I live in Iowa. He goes on to ask for pricing for a cremation and shipping to Louisiana. And we'll deal with the service later. <laughs> so just trying to get a ballpark price. Wow. We'll deal with his service later. In other words, throw him in whatever ditch you find first. So, before I introduce everybody, Nate Eaton with me, EastIdahoNews.com, on this case from the very, very beginning. He was the one that was chasing Lori Vallow down in Hawaii, where she was hiding out in a luxury condominium, trying to get away as as far as she could from her children's dead bodies. Nate Eaton, so he disguises himself in a phone call, and he uses the name Chad Dabell. As opposed to Chad Daybell? How about Dumbbell? I mean, is he real? This is how he disguises his identity. He says, I'm Chad Dabell. D-A-B-E-L-L. As opposed to D-A-Y-B-E-L-L. Did I just hear that? Yeah, and the interesting thing, Nancy, is when he first Wait a minute, Nate, how do you do it? He's an idiot. How has he gotten away with all of this? Why hasn't he gotten the death penalty already? Why are we still talking about this man and cult mom Lori Vallow? Chad Dobell? Seriously? And the first reference in that call, when they first answered the call, he did actually say it's Chad Daybell. Idiot. And then on the second, he, and then he said Debell and kind of, of giggled oh, a little. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I not give it its correct French pronunciation? Debell? Okay, wait a minute. Wait a minute. 
Catherine Marshaw, Assistant Chief Special Victims, Victims Family Violence Unit, joining us from Prince George's County. Help me, because I don't understand what I'm hearing. I, I think I'm in the twilight zone. He changes his identity to Charles Dabell as opposed to Charles Daybell? Well, he doesn't do a good job of it, and it's great evidence for trial because it certainly goes to his knowledge of this murder before it's even out as, you know, the death anywhere else. And we can certainly show he's trying to cover up already. Yeah. Why change your name, even though it's a very pathetic attempt to change your name? Uh, Why change your name when you're calling the funeral home, for Pete's sake, if somebody didn't do something bad? And I think the one thing we see from this is he attempts all the time to cover up but not well. Wait a minute, I've got to hear this again. Okay, Karen Stark and Joe Scott Morgan. Well, I've now introduced the whole panel. Catherine Marsh joining me, Special Counsel, Assistant Chief, Special Victims Family Violence Unit. Uh, joining us, she's at rightresponseconsulting.com and uh, with No Gray Zone podcast. Karen Stark, renowned New York psychologist, joining us from Manhattan at karenstark.com. That's Karen with a C. Joseph Scott Morgan, professor of forensics, Jacksonville State University. Man, I know this by heart, Joe Scott. Author of Blood Beneath My Feet on Amazon and star of a brand new hit series, which is really good, by the way. Um, Body Bags with Joe Scott Morgan. I think the title says it all. On iHeart, Nate Eaton, I'm sure you're braced. Jack, you got to play that again. I've got to hear Chad DeBell disguising himself. I'm a fair call. How can I help you today? Um, we just had a death in the family. Chandler police identifying this voice as Chad Daybells, calling Valley of the Sun Mortuary and Cemetery in Chandler, hours after Charles Vallow's death. Charles died July 11, 2019, after Lori's brother, Alex Cox, shot and killed him, according to Chandler police. And this phone call with two different funeral home employees led Chandler police to suspect Chad could have had something to do with Charles's death, too. In the call, Chad gives a bogus backstory. He says he lived in Iowa and calls himself Chad Dabell. D-A-B-A-L, Dabell. He tells both employees that his uncle just died in Arizona. Starting the process for the family, he didn't have many relatives. I'm his nephew. I live in Iowa. He goes on to ask for pricing for a cremation and shipping to Louisiana. And we'll okay. fill up the service later. <laughs> so just trying to get a ballpark price. Okay, you know what? Um, hold your thought, Karen Stark, because I'm listening to this, and as you know, I find his attempt to disguise, disguise his identity laughable. But we have to remember that's connected to not just the two dead bodies of little children. Little children. I believe, didn't JJ still have on his PJs? Yeah. And they completely destroyed Tylee's body. I mean, they had J.J. kind of like hermetically sealed, like think of the mummies, King Tut, how carefully the bodies were preserved. The the girl, the teen girl, Tylee, man, they must have hated her but good because she was burned, dismembered, just awful, awful what they did to cult mom's own girl, and baby boy. So when we're listening to this, I don't know how else to say it. There's really no good way to say it. A-hole. That's another technical legal term, you know. You'll be a lawyer yet, Jackie, by the time you hear all these technical legal terms. 
describing himself. He even goes so far as to spell it D-A-B-A-L, as opposed to Daybell. Joe Scott Morgan, as much as I have laughed at this and want to laugh at it, think about it. Listen to what the mysteries he's unlocking. Not many relatives, he says, uh, after the murder. Not many relatives. In other words, trust me, I'm the only relative you're going to find. Do what I say. Cremate him now. In other words, get rid of the evidence. Then you've got the whole cremation aspect. That way, nobody will ever be able to determine what happened to Charles Vallow. That's Lori Vallow's husband that they had to get rid of so she could freely marry Chad Daybell. Um, Of course, the two were already apart. Remember, Daybell still married at this time. So when you're hearing all of this, Joe Scott Morgan, he's lying about his identity, his location, who he is, and he's trying to push along the process of cremation to get rid of evidence. This is actually very sinister. Yeah, it is. And, you know, the word that came to mind for me, Nancy, is the word eradication. He wants to wipe the slate clean relative to any trace that has been left behind. And thinking, I guess, that even if they did do the examination, they recovered evidence uh, relative to Charles Vallow's death, that they would not be able to go back and maybe exhume the body and retrace their steps and try to figure out more information. So he's trying to cover all of his bases here. Remember, you know, when bodies are cremated, uh, unlike uh, what happened on the farm there with uh, an official cremation, those bodies are heated up to 1800 degrees, Nancy. Everything is completely rendered down and dissolved. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Nate Eaton, that's not, would not have been the first body that she had cremated, cult mom Lori Vallow. Uh, remember uh, Joseph Ryan? I guess that was husband number three. I'm getting the numbers confused. Was Joseph Ryan Hobie three or two? Uh, which one he was, was he? He was her third husband. Third, thank yeah, you. Yeah, he was her third husband. He died in his apartment uh, suddenly and was quickly cremated. And so we'll, they, they believe it was some sort of heart issue. We'll never, you know, Who officially know. That? Who believes that? I believe that that was on his original cause of death. Uh, but obviously, uh, we they can't reopen that investigation because he's gone. Cremated. He's destroyed. As Joe Scott Morgan said, he's eradicated. We'll never get that evidence back. And whose decision was it, Nate Eaton, to cremate husband number three, Joseph Ryan? Who made that call? That, that has never been officially ex- uh clear as far as who did it. Well, you know we do it was know Vallow? He, well, he was found You know his- it was cult mom Lori Vallow because they called her. She knew about his death. And remember, his relative said she didn't call them? Yeah, and he had been in his apartment dead for quite some time. His body was in was in rigor mortis and had been there. And, 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 and you know, Joseph's sister, Annie, who I know you've interviewed, she's raised a lot of questions about that. Uh, and then you've got husband four, Charles, who was quickly cremated, of course. Let me restart my flow chart of all the dead bodies. Charles Vallow shot dead by Lori Vallow and her brother, who was holding the gun, Alex Cox. Uh, you've got Joseph Ryan, husband three, Tylee's dad. 
who uh, cult mom put it out, died of a heart attack, but he was so far decomposed and now cremated, we'll never know. Who was husband number one? We don't know much about husband number one and two. Husband one was, Lori was young. She was, I believe, 18, and that marriage didn't last long, and he has remained out of the spotlight along with husband number two. Are they alive? They are alive, yeah. Well, they better they better take that and run. Then we've got Daybell. Okay, now, yeah, there's so many husbands and so many dead bodies, it's hard to keep it all straight, and we can't leave out Tammy Daybell. Uh, that would be Chad DeBell's wife. Okay, so we have him, Karen Stark, and he's lying about something that would seem to be innocent, right? Calling the funeral home about how to deal with Vallow's body. But instead, he lies about his identity, uh, where he is in the world, the state, the jurisdiction he's in, even how to spell his last name. All he wants is that body cremated pronto. Weigh in. Well, if you think about it, Nancy, I mean, to me, this is coming very easily to him, even if the way he says his name is so similar to the name that he actually has. But he's a very proficient liar, and that doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, this this is a guy who can just reel off any kind of story that he needs to in order to cover his tracks. That's the kind of killer that he is. But yet, Catherine Marsh, when this thing finally goes to trial, I would be so tempted to play this right at the very beginning of the state's case. But there's so many other more important things to play. They are going to want a jury to believe what Chad Daybell is telling them when we know he even lives to the funeral home. Why should the jury believe anything he says? Absolutely. And that's what's going to be so important is putting up every single lie no matter how innocuous or innocent it may seem, from this call to the funeral home, text messages he sent, one lie after another after another, paints the picture that he's a diabolical liar who cannot be believed. And not only did Lori Vallow lie through her teeth, along with hubby number five, Chad Daybell, they also smeared Charles Vallow's reputation. Take a listen to Hour Cut 66. Uh, you are hearing Adam Cox, brother Adam Cox, speaking. And he is with Detective Nathan Moffat. Listen to the smear on Charles Vallow's name. When Charles died, the way my family said was that Charles tried to hurt Tylee and Alex protected Tylee. That was the story that Lori and Alex told my family. So they considered Alex a hero at one point because he protected Tylee from Charles, which turned out to be, in my mind, false. Turns out all the things that Charles told me were true. And it's unfortunate that everybody else shut him out. Charles had never been violent with anybody, so you kind of start getting a bigger picture of this just doesn't feel right. Well, it took how many bodies later till they figured out it just didn't feel right. You were hearing not only the brother, Adam Cox, speaking, Detective Nathan Moffat, but our friends at ABC 2020 speaking. Uh, that's from them. Okay, back to you, Nate Eaton. So you've got this string of dead bodies, and now we hear lying to the funeral home even on a very simple matter, and the lies that they told about Charles Vallow, trying to justify the fact that Lori Vallow and her brother shot him dead. 
Yeah, that phone call was made to the funeral home 12 hours after Charles was shot and killed. Remember, Chad was in Idaho. This all happened in Arizona. And this was four months before Tammy, Chad's wife, died. Also, three months before Lori's children died. So it seems as if their plan started in motion with the, with the death of Charles there in July and as they were able to, uh, in their minds, get rid of anybody that came in their way. I mean, these documents show that they were willing to do whatever it took in their eyes to fulfill God's purposes. That's what they said. Uh, this kind of started the whole thing. Charles, then, then Lori moves to Idaho, then JJ, then Tylee, and then Tammy, and then they take off to Hawaii, and it was one thing after another after another. And somehow the lives of JJ and Tylee are lost in the sauce. Well, it's not just that that we're hearing now from Lori Vallow, cult mom, and her husband, the so-called prophet, Chad Daybell. They are now claiming there's a, quote, vast conspiracy to put Lori Vallow behind bars. She's doing that all on her own. Take a listen to our cut. 71, this is Michael Dudna, 12 News. Listen. In documents, Vallow Daybell's attorney, Mark Means, claims that McConkie called the prosecution and suggests that members of the LDS Church may be working with the prosecution to hurt Vallow Daybell's case. Right now, we have no idea exactly what Lori Vallow said or did not say. The prosecution says claims made in the documents are unfounded. But Vallow Daybell's defense team is asking for a judge to let them talk to all those involved to figure out what was said and potentially keep it out of court. So right now, these motions are to protect Lori Vallow and to make sure that none of this sees the light of day in court. Yeah, that's not going to work, Catherine Marsh. Uh, Catherine Marsh, special counsel, joining us at rightresponseconsulting.com. Catherine, the Constitution protects you from overreaching by the state. In other words, police can't beat you into a confession. They can't um, coerce you into a confession. You are protected against questioning by any state authority or even someone working for a state, such as a plant behind bars. No, but the Constitution cannot protect you from gabbing to all your friends in your cult movement. Now they're claiming that uh, members within their cult or their friend group are now all gathering together in a conspiracy to hurt cult mom Lori Vallow. That's not true. No, and in fact, it's it's one of those perfect exceptions to hearsay. It's a statement against interest. And if you go and tell somebody what you did or you tell them any facts that are harmful to you, they all get to come into court. And so the fact that she went and told friends or she told other people, the defense is not going to be able to keep that out. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Nate Eaton joining us has been on the case from the very, very beginning. You know, I just had a flash of when you first revealed to me, Nate Eaton, that storage unit video of Chad Daybell, excuse me, Chad DeBell, grabbing Lori Vallow's rear end when they were in that storage unit, storing all of Tylee and JJ's stuff because they were dead. And they were so lighthearted, grabbing each other and giggling and laughing and kissing, 
storing her dead children's belongings. They're ghouls. They're ghouls. But back to this, what are they saying that Valo's prior friends and fellow cult members are putting in the fix they're trying to do her in? Yeah, so the, her defense attorney made a big deal because right now, Lori, everything's on hold with Lori. She's at the a state psychiatric hospital. They're working to get her competent for trial. And so her, her previous defense attorney, who's no longer on the case, claimed that somebody with the Department of Health and Welfare tried to give her legal counsel or encourage her to seek other legal counsel. And because of that, there needs to be an investigation into the psychiatrists who are dealing with her and that she reached out to church members for help. And I, I think I think the bottom line here is it appears that her defense attorneys were, were are trying to do anything they can to not get her competent. They do not want to see her go to trial, whereas Chad's trial is set for a year from now. And, and a lot of people believe it's because the prosecution wants to try these two together. They want them in the courtroom together so that when one of them speaks out against the other, the other can, you know, rebuttal it or, or whatever they need to do. Because one can imagine that Chad's defense right now is going to be point the finger at Lori, point the finger at Alex, point the finger, point the finger. She's incompetent. She can't defend herself right now. And Alex is dead. So if you can get those two in the courtroom, then a lot more could come out of it. I think when you look at the planning that went into uh, murder Charles Vallow and the planning that went into murdering Tammy Daybell, it's really hard to believe that Joseph Ryan died of natural causes. That just doesn't even sound right. Okay, this is what I'm talking about. Take a listen to our Cut 73. After Charles Vallow was killed, Lori's friends say they started taking uh, her comments more seriously, including her statements that she had paid her brother, Alex Cox, to kill her third husband, Joe Ryan. Now, Alex is connected to every death attributed to Lori Vallow. There's got to be somewhere where they've talked this through because Lori and Alex planned Joe's death. Right after Lori's fourth husband, Charles Vallow, was killed, Adam Cox started raising red flags about Lori's self-defense justification. Adam is Lori's older brother and Charles's confidant. Lori thinks that death is nothing. When Lori's other brother, Alex Cox, shot and killed Charles, I shot him to stop. Adam told detectives there was more to consider. The history with Lori and Alex and Lori's ex-husbands. Yeah. And so there's a, there's a whole pattern of things there. So you see all of the comments leading up to her, uh, the murder of Charles Vallow. But what about Tammy Daybell? Take a listen to our cut 63. This is reporter Garna Mejia with KSL. Tammy was supposed to die on her trip to um, Utah. She was supposed to have a, she was, like he had seen it in a vision that she was going to die in a car accident. But when Tammy didn't die as predicted, Chad claimed she was a zombie, according to Zulema. They were saying was that she actually did pass away, but what happened was that she was taken over by an evil spirit. Days before Charles Vallow was shot and killed by Alex, detectives say Charles discovered Chad and Lori's infidelity. In an email, Charles confronted Chad, telling him to come clean or he would, quote, expose them. Detectives say Charles also sent an email to Tammy saying in part, quote, I have some disturbing information regarding your husband and my wife. 
In later text messages, Charles told Lori he planned on going to Idaho to meet with Tammy. Lori replied, quote, she won't see you. She is my friend. Go ahead. You're ridiculous. So we see all the planning leading up to these murders. Nate Eaton joining me, EastIdahoNews.com. Tam, I'm quoting them. Tammy was supposed to die on a trip to Utah because he saw it in a vision. She was going to die in a car accident. What? Did he plan a car accident that he couldn't pull off? Well, that's a good question. Two weeks before Tammy died, Chad uh, came to her and said, you really need to go see your family in Utah about three hours away. They, she had never, they always went as a family. It wasn't like she would go by herself a lot. And she said, well, let's go. And he said, no, I think you need to go. You need to go by yourself. And so she did. She went down. She had a great weekend with her family. It was the last weekend they spent together. She didn't mention anything, according to her family, about marital problems or that she suspected Chad was having an affair. She got in the car. She drove back home. Text messages reveal that Chad then was texting with Lori and saying, she's still here. Um, okay, now, now what do we do? And of course, two weeks later, 10 days after that, she dies in her sleep and is quickly buried. Okay, I'm also learning that Lori Vallow's own brother, Nate Eaton, says that, quote, jail has not brought her any closer to reality. What does that mean? Yeah, so Lori communicates with their mother, according to Adam Cox, uh, and has been since she was arrested, you know, nearly two years ago. This is through letters, uh, through phone calls, and apparently none of her behavior has changed. It, it, it has been, Jesus has told me to do this. I am doing the right thing. And one, one would think that maybe if there were steps taken to restore competency, that there might be some changes in what you write and what you say, and maybe we start to realize what's happened. And according to, to the brother, that has not happened. Straight out to Karen Stark joining us, a renowned psychologist joining us out of Manhattan. I, I don't see that as insanity, because insanity means you don't know right from wrong at the time of the incident. And the fact that they spirited the children away, hid their whereabouts, lied to police officers and everyone else about their whereabouts, tried to destroy their bodies and bury them, surreptitiously, that tells me they knew what they did was wrong. So explain to me what's happening right now. She's not insane. No, it doesn't sound like she's insane because they definitely planned it and knew what they were doing. And look at all the bodies that piled up. But she's doing things like she's dancing in her cell at night and um to music that supposedly is in her head. Jody Arias did that too. That didn't make her crazy. Jody Arias, if you'll remember, sang and um, Amazing Grace. But didn't she sing Amazing Grace when she was being interrogated yeah, and stood on her did. head? Um, that 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 means nothing to me. So it's a day late and a dollar short to start calling on the Lord after you've already committed the murder, and now you're worried and willing to do anything to save your own skin. Um, not impressed. So what at the most could this be? Uh, and I'm speaking about mentally and emotionally. What I'm getting at is when are we taking this thing to trial? Yeah, they need to get her to be able to pass a test with the psychologists that are interviewing her. And so they're talking about her not taking her medication. The truth is, if she's psychotic, she needs to take the medications because that will make a big difference. 
And it turns out, Nancy, that people who are suffering from delusions, they don't like to take the medications because they enjoy being in that state. So somewhere there's some kind of truth going on with her. But clearly she knows enough to be able to kill an ex-husband, to kill her children, to supposedly kill her brother, allegedly. So she's very sly. You left out Tammy Daybell. Oh, that's true. You got, uh, I think she killed Joseph Ryan or had her brother do it. Because it, it, isn't there evidence, Nate Eaton, that her brother, Alex Cox, had wanted to kill Joe Ryan before? Um, yeah, they did not have a good relationship. And and uh, they hated each other from, from all accounts uh, from the beginning. And Lori just did not like him and there was custody issues with the kids and it got pretty heated in the court case. And finally they got divorced uh, from what we understand. Lori was dragging, getting a divorce. Uh, they got the divorce, they separated and it was after they were divorced that he died at a young age too. It wasn't like he was, you know, in his seventies or eighties with a heart attack. He was young. Wow. I wonder what happened. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Nate Eaton, I think you're being a little reserved on whether she masterminded the death of third husband Joe Ryan. Take a listen to our friends at KSL. Lori and her third husband, Joe Ryan, had a bitter custody battle over their daughter, Tylee Ryan, including Alex's 2007 physical assault of Joe. And they planned out how they were going to kill Joe. And she- and I was going to taser him, throw him in the trunk and take him out to a field and shoot him and then bury him. Well, I went to taser him and it didn't work. And Joe called the cops and I went to jail. Lori even told her friends. Well, Lori had said before that she hired her brother to kill Joe because of stuff he did to him. Joe survived. She said eventually Joe's going to die for what he did. And in 2018, Joe did die of an apparent heart attack in Arizona. And it's odd that Joe, her ex-husband, supposedly died of a heart attack when they were desperate for money. And he left her 50000 and Tyler gets 2000 Yeah, that is quite a coinky-dink, isn't it, Joe Scott Morgan? What I call it, it's not a coincidence, but evidence, circumstantial evidence that they also murdered Joseph Ryan. Yeah, I think it is. And, you know, reflect back to what what was said earlier, Nancy, when he was found, he was, I think, in an advanced state of decomposition. So that's going to compromise any kind of findings, physical findings that you might have, say something as passive as a, a suffocation or something like this. And not to mention, it's going to compromise that decomposition may very well compromise any kind of uh, agent that he may have had in the system, any kind of medication, say something, you know, it's always kind of my default position, but, you know, something like a rehibinol or a date rape drug or something like that, that can render you unconscious. Therefore, you can compromise the airway and kill them. They get decomposed like that. And there's nothing you can really do to go back and uh, find out exactly what happened. And this guy was, uh, was of course, uh, cremated. I mean, also, Nate Eaton, do you have, do I have to hit you over the head with it? You've got um, Adam, the brother, claiming Alex tried to kill Joe, but the plan failed. Then we have Joe calling the cops 
and Alex actually going to jail. Then we have them plotting and planning. We have cult mom Lori Vallow predicting that third husband Joseph Ryan would die. And then, bam, he did. Wow. That, that, that doesn't add up. Two and two doesn't equal four for you. Nate Eaton, if it doesn't, take a listen to our cut 75 KSL. April Raymond, another friend of Lori's from Hawaii, told detectives Lori went to see her right after Joe's death. My understanding, if I remember correctly, what she told me is that they hadn't heard from Joe for about a month. Okay. And so she and Tylee went over to check on him or to see him because I guess Tylee had a key or something. And when they went there, they had found him dead. But according to Phoenix police, it was a neighbor who detected a foul smell and called 911. Apparently, Lori never informed Joe's family of his death. Joe's sister, Annie Cushing, says a medical examiner told her no one claimed his body. Now, police in Phoenix briefly revisited Joe Ryan's case earlier this year, but they were not able to find a connection to Lori Vallow. Can't find a connection? Nate Eaton, uh, you know, when you lie about who finds a dead body, when you claim Tylee found the body, when it was not Tylee, it was a neighbor that smelled the stench of human decomposition that found the body, when you have a prior attempt on his life by cult mom's angel of death, her brother, that didn't work when you have her prophesying Joe Ryan is going to die and then he does die. I mean, why would she lie about the detail of who found the body unless she's covering something up, Nate Eaton? Well, that's a good question. This isn't the first time that we, or the first time and the only time that she has apparently lied. I mean, that she's been caught on, on tape uh, right after Charles died calling the insurance company, Charles' husband number four, saying... My husband died. They're trying to figure out how he died, trying to cash in on that $1 million insurance policy, thinking she's the beneficiary. And then she gets a letter saying, you're not the beneficiary. It's your sister. So, and, and it's still unclear at this point. We haven't been able to nail down if she received any insurance money when Joseph Ryan died. Because all of these other deaths, there was money tied to them. How mad, Karen Stark, do you believe cult mom Lori Vallow was when she realizes that Charles Vallow is dead and she is no longer the beneficiary. $50,000 right down the crapper. Well, can you imagine Nancy getting that kind of news? I mean, here's somebody that supposedly is insane, but smart enough to have all of these murders occur. And then from beyond the grave, kind of revenge that Charles did by making sure that she was not the beneficiary. It also makes you wonder how much he was afraid and feared for his own life. As a matter of fact, take a listen to this. We were so grateful only mainly for the fact that Lori was not the beneficiary. We know that's why she killed him. Absolutely know that's why she killed him. She wanted that million dollars. And because that's all this is about. So then a uh, I can't tell you the exact date, but maybe two weeks later, she sent a she took a, a screen a picture of the change of beneficiary form and naming me the sole beneficiary of the insurance policy of the insurance proceeds. And she text she sent me that picture and she sent a text saying, 
five kids and no money and his sister gets everything and that is the last uh trans not transaction contact. the last contact i've ever had with Lori since all this since all this began you were there hearing Kay, who is charles vallow's sister when he became so worried about Lori vallow being around the children he named his sister beneficiary he thought he could die and he wanted his sister to take care of the children so there you hear Colt mom Lori Vallow complaining mama five and no money and you get all the all the life insurance well they're no longer five children because she murdered two of them along with her lover turned husband so question to you where does it all stand right now Nate Eaton we wait for the trial. Uh, right now, Chad, from what I understand, he goes into the little tiny library at the jail every day. He's got a computer, and he goes through the evidence that his defense attorney has provided him. And they, they tell me that they are planning to take this all the way to trial. The trial could be anywhere from six to ten weeks. It's scheduled for January of 2023. Lori, meanwhile, they're working to get her restored to competency prosecutor really wants to try these two together. So if that happens, the competency restoration happens soon. Uh, there's a chance it could happen in January. This is a death penalty case, so they could face the death penalty. And uh, we wait. The, the trial's been moved to the other side of the state. They're hoping to get a, a unbiased jury, and we see what happens. Well, God willing, I'll see you, Nate Eaton, on the front row when that jury is struck. We wait. As justice unfolds, we have not forgotten J.J. entirely. We haven't forgotten Tammy Daybell, Charles Vallow, Joseph Ryan. Nancy Grace, Crime Story, signing off. Goodbye, friend.